0: For the next hour, you'll be leaving the show-me state and entering the the show-me-the-money state. So stop what you're doing, grab a pen, and get ready to learn. Randy and Jake Floyd of Floyd Financial Group will be your guides for straight talk and honest answers about living the life you deserve in retirement. So So prepare prepare to to be be empowered now. Here are your Show Me The Money hosts, Randy Floyd, Jake Floyd, and Jeff Shade. Good morning and welcome to
1: Show Me The Money with Randy and Jake Floyd, the radio show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to help you reach your wealth management and retirement goals through smart investing and careful planning. My name's Jeff Shade, and as always, I'm just here to ask the questions, but of course, the words of wisdom and solid advice come from the experts. That would be Randy and Jake Floyd of Floyd Financial Group. I'll start with you, Randy. How you doing this fine Saturday morning? doing very well, Jeff. How about you? I am doing great. And Jake, how are you? I'm doing great, Jeff. Thanks for asking. Certainly glad that everybody has decided to join us here this morning. Hope everybody's doing well. We're here for you, of course, with Show Me the Money every week for your fiscal fitness, your financial education. And it is a glorious Saturday morning because we're leading up to Thanksgiving, guys. And this year, it seems like the year has just flown by a lot quicker than it has in years past. According to my calendar, unless it's defective, let's see here. We've got about Something like two and a half weeks until Thanksgiving. Can that be right?
2: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the important thing you said there was we're here for the fiscal fitness.
1: Uh, (laughs) Doesn't make any difference what sort of food program you're on. I mean, it's turkey, it's mashed potatoes, it's stuffing, at least the part of the country that I came from. And it's usually pumpkin pie, too. Now, you were telling me that in your family that sometimes pumpkin pie serves for breakfast the next day.
2: Yeah, so when I go to the in-laws, yeah, they're definitely a big fan of pie over there. I think we have at least a pie per person usually at the table. And uh, usually it's not pumpkin pie, though. They do a chocolate cream pie, a coconut pie, strawberry pie, or multiples of all of those. Um, Yeah, they don't usually do pumpkin pie, although I know that they do like pumpkin pie. I'm not sure. I think it may just be more work to do a pumpkin pie than it is to do the other ones, but I'm not sure.
1: Well, it's no more work for me to, you know, drop into the supermarket and buy a pumpkin pie pumpkin pie than to buy a chocolate cream pie, because that's how we get our pies. We go into the supermarket and we just buy them. Anyway, let's dispense with this Thanksgiving conversation, a conversation about food here, and get on with what is happening out there in the economy. There's a fellow named Goolsby. Now, I've heard of him. He's not a Halloween character, but Goolsby has something (laughs) to do with interest rates. It depends on who you ask whether he's a Halloween character or not, but, uh, So, Mr. Mister
2: Goolsby is the assistant, basically, to Mr. Powell. He's the second in charge there. Um, he still thinks that there's a, quote, golden path to mm-hmm. bringing a huge drop in inflation while not triggering a recession. You know, we'll see if that if that happens or not so far. Honestly, it's held up a lot better than I would have guessed 18 months ago, so maybe they can pull it off. Maybe more importantly on whether they pull that off or not is how much people believe they can pull it off, right? And so as we're thinking about the market, we really want to focus on where the market is fairly valued, but also how people are positioned going into some big shifts that we're going to have coming up here. You know, we're going to go into the holiday season. We're going to have the Iowa caucuses in January, and it's going to be off to the races there. There's a lot that remains to be seen, and but I think that as it relates to the Fed, you know, there's going- to be a lot of factors they're going to have to keep their eye on as the turn of the year comes in after Christmas and get to the primaries.
1: Well, it sounds like they we're going to be able to write this ship then without a recession. I mean, all indicators were that we were going to be having a recession. Now it looks like we're not going to have a recession. Does it look like we can get out of this thing somewhat unscathed, at least according to Mr. Goolsby.
2: So I'm not sure that I would say personally that we're not going to have a recession. What I would say is I think a mild recession is already priced into this market. Meaning, if people were sure that we were not going to have a recession, the market, meaning the S and P five hundred, may have to rally a couple three hundred points to get to a fair value from here. One of the things we're going to talk about uh, is, is the valuation of the market. But while we're talking about the current events, you know, we also saw last week that the company WeWork filed right. for bankruptcy. At one point, it was worth like forty six billion dollars. So for those that don't know, WeWork is a space sharing, office sharing company that. Came out mainly in 2020 in that area, and it was one of these companies that got really pumped up in value and had a lot of hype around it and turned out to be kind of a dud. It's kind of like when you go to the fireworks stand, right? And sometimes you get good fireworks, and sometimes you just pay a lot for something, and you you go light it off at home, and you're like, that was 50 bucks? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Pop. You know, and, and that's and that's kind of how WeWork was, where it was all the rage, and then all of a sudden they, they threw out the CEO, and then here we are three years later, it's totally bankrupt and going away. And I think a lot of that is obviously due to us reopening after COVID, and that was one that I guess I saw coming. Uh, honestly, I was a little surprised it took three years for him to go bankrupt. Yep.
3: Mr. Newman was the CEO and the founder of that company, and I saw him the other day, I can't remember, it's been a couple of weeks now, he's, he's kicking off a new company somewhere in internationally now now that he's gone bankrupt with 47 billion I mean kind of speaks to this too Jeff you know one of the things that that we talk about in here is you can't just set it and forget it when you retire these days because you know here's a 47 billion dollar company gone yeah it rose and fell in three or four years so anything is possible we have to always be diligent and be at the helm, hand on the tiller, watching R- what's R- going on daily to manage retirement funds.
2: The company's bankrupt, and he's worth $2.2 billion wow. dollars as of wow. right now. Going to start the next <laughs> endeavor. You know, speaking of fraud and stealing people's money, we should probably talk about Mr. Sam Bankman-Fried. Exactly, True.
1: Sam Bankman-Fraud. Or
2: SBF, as we like to call him.
1: SBF, yeah. I understand that he doesn't have to worry about where he's going to be spending his holidays this year.
2: You know, the in-laws aren't going to get him this year. I guess he doesn't have any (laughs) in-laws because he's not married. But, uh, you know, I do think that he is probably going to be headed to jail for probably forever. I think the max sentence is like 115 years is the most that he could get. Mm. His sentencing is in March. You know, it turns out that when you take client funds and treat them like they're yours and start putting it wherever you feel like it, that's illegal. You know, there's consequences for actions like that, which he didn't appear to understand at the time.
1: Well, that's Seems to be, you know, just a basic rule there. You can't take someone else's money and spend it when they expect you to, uh, you know, use that money for very good purposes. Do you think that SBF in the beginning had illicit intentions or was it one of those things where, you know, hey, I'm going to start. This It's going to be a good idea. And then things didn't work out and he sort of threw in the towel and said, hey, this is going to fail. I'm going to use the money for myself anyway.
2: I think that he got greedy, and then got caught with his pants down. So basically, he was running a hedge fund, a crypto hedge fund, as well as FTX, which was the crypto exchange. And so what he was doing is he was leveraging funds back and forth to his hedge fund. Mm. And that's the part where he got greedy. And the only way it was going to be a problem is if he had a very short-term, sharp, downward movement, and therefore uh, a lack of liquidity, which he didn't perceive to be possible. And then that happened to him. He simply didn't have the liquidity that he needed needed to meet the obligations in the hedge fund and therefore at FTX and the whole thing started blowing up on him. Then he realized how much trouble he was in, kind of triggered a panic in Bitcoin markets and and just crypto markets in general which made his problem much worse because everybody was selling and he could not liquidate the position that he needed to liquidate in order to fulfill the orders on both sides of his balance sheet there. So, I think that it started with a little bit of greed and then turned into, well, now I've done it, so I might as well keep doing it, which turned into he got caught with his pants down and and it's going to cost him the rest of his life right. life's worth of freedom.
1: Yeah, when I think of SBF, of course, I think of Bernie Madoff that was a similar situation. A lot of people were harmed by this. And Randy, you talked about having your hand on the tiller. Do you think that there was any way that clients with Bernie Madoff or people like SBF could have maybe foreseen these things coming? I mean, can you really vet these people to figure out what they're really up up to
3: yeah i think that the biggest thing that people need to watch out for is if it really sounds so good that you can't hardly say no you probably should say no yeah (laughs) i mean if i came to you and said you know
2: i have 14 percent guaranteed returns you should probably turn and run not sure hey how can i get in on that right um you know, because that's, that's kind of the greed factor that both of these gentlemen played into. And I think, especially in, in Bernie Madoff's case, you know, he was showing positive 13% returns in a 20% negative market, you know, was not claiming to really be running like a hedge fund. He was just doing regular asset management, somehow producing these returns. Yeah. So that should have been a, a gigantic red flag for anybody invested there. But I think when people get greedy, they tend to not question as much the antics and the methods of people like them. Some of their clients got greedy. Some of them just uh, said, hey, you know, so-and-so that I know does business here, so that's where I'm doing business and didn't really uh, vet them very much. And so... I think absolutely, Jeff. They should have been able to see some of the warning signs there. But at the same time, it's not their fault. No. I think there was definitely plenty of warning signs to be seen. Certainly with Bernie Madoff, it was a little more opaque with Mr. SBF because the way the crypto world operates um, is a little bit harder to see.
1: Well, with Bernie Madoff and SBF, I mean, they weren't the first and certainly they won't be the last. So I hope that this is a lesson for people that, as you said, Jake, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Our program is called Show Me the Money. We're talking with Randy and Jake Floyd here. We're talking about current events and how it affects you out there, our regular listeners. If you need answers about current events and you want to get on a path towards a successful retirement, again, we encourage you to request your no cost, no obligation, no judgment. Floyd Financial Group Retirement Review by calling 417-889-7233. Once again, that number, 417-889-7233. You can call it this weekend if you want. Leave your information, and Ashley will get back to you on Monday and set you up with an appointment with Randy and or Jake to create a path towards a successful retirement. Remember, it's not going to cost you a dime, but it could uncover some blind spots that, when addressed, may help improve your quality of life in retirement 20 years or more. I'm going to go out on the limb here and say it could last 30 years or more, depending upon the age that you retired. So once again... Don't wait. 417-889-7233. Get yourself all set up for a brand new 2024. Get it off to the right start by calling 417-889-7233 or request your complimentary consultation online at floydfinancialgroup.com. Gentlemen, time for a break. When we come back, we'll be discussing why the market may be going higher. All that and more when our show continues here on 104.1 KSGF,
0: where Springfield comes to talk. Ready for another helping of some more real money talk? Thought so? Now, here's another serving of Show Me the Money with your hosts, Randy and Jake Floyd with Jeff Shade. Welcome back, everybody. This is
3: Randy and Jake. You're listening to Show Me the Money. And in this segment, we're going to drill down on what we think the market prognosis is based on kind of where we are in the cycle.
1: And guys, I'm getting a little tired of this negativity. Let's talk about some optimism here. I'm looking at an article right now that says that the market just triggered a rare signal that has meant higher returns 100% of the time. Now, we talked earlier about if it's too good to be true, it's probably not. You think that this has any validity to it at all?
2: Yeah, so the, the trigger that you're talking about here, basically just means when we go from a really oversold market, meaning where everybody's just kind of throwing the baby out with the bathwater like we had at the very end of Mm -hmm. uh, October here, and then we go to a very overbought condition, meaning where the market goes kind of straight up off that bottom, like we did see the week starting with uh, October 30th there. Uh, We had you know basically a 5.5% rally over four sessions. So 100% of the time, 12 months later, the market is up, and it's up an average of 23.3 percent after that signal. So that's a pretty good uh, indicator. It's pretty rare in the market to have a hundred percent indicator as well. Honestly, even if you have like a 60 or 70 percent indicator, it's usually worth looking at. I think that's one of several reasons why the market may see a pretty good bounce, maybe even into year end, maybe even after the year end, depending on what happens in the primary positioning is just too negative we know about the war that's going on we know about ukraine it's been happening for a long time we know we have the blithering idiot in office right we know all these
1: things don't hold back (laughs)
2: Well, you know, I'm tired of holding back, Jeff. Okay. Uh, I think that the market is aware of all these things. The market's counting on four more years of Biden. Mm. The market's counting on both these wars going on for the next several years. So that means that if any of those things are wrong we're going to have aggressive repricing to the upside. Let's say we get to January 15th when Iowa caucuses start happening. Right. Let's say they give Trump the nomination. 90 plus percent of the time, whoever wins Iowa and New Hampshire gets the nomination. Again, regardless of how you feel about Trump, if they give Trump that nomination, the market is not going to wait until November for the general election. They're going to start to price in a Trump victory. Trump equals lower taxes, more certainty, less war, and the market will just go crazy. It will go up very quickly without remorse. And And less regulation. Less regulation, (laughs) agree. Yeah, just grease the wheels of business and and overall interaction. I really think that there's a lot of people off sides that are sitting in either too much cash. Some of the hedge fund managers are too short, the market, meaning they're, they're too negative. And if they're forced to start chasing this thing upwards, we could have a pretty violent rally. And I know that kind of sounds like an oxymoron, but a lot of people will perceive it to be violent if they're not in it.
1: Well, I want to get Randy's opinion on this in just a moment, but Jake, you were in Washington, D.C. You were looking at the Constitution there. Did you pull out the magnifying glass and see if it says anything about you can't be president if you have some legal proceedings against you?
2: You know, I'm no attorney, but I am unaware of anything that precludes Trump from running and or clinching the nomination or the presidency for that matter. Regardless of whether it's Trump or DeSantis or Vivek or even like Robert Kennedy Jr., I think any other president than Biden, the market will come up some. I think the market will go up probably the most with a Trump nomination simply Mm -hmm. because it knows what to expect. The market likes optimism. It's kind of okay with pessimism, but what it really hates is uncertainty. And so if you give the market certainty, you put it in an environment where it can really thrive.
1: We're talking with Randy and Jake Floyd here, at Floyd Financial Group, and we're talking about some indicators that could predict that we're going to have a pretty good market here in the short term. So Randy, what's your opinion on this? Are you seeing signs that good times or as you say, high cotton is around the corner?
3: You know, Jeff, I would say yes, that that I'm looking for this market to rally some. So there's a couple of things we probably should throw out in addition to what Jake has already put out there. You know, I do a lot of reviews with clients that we've had for a very long time. And so these clients are ranging in age from their middle 50s to 85. This is not my opinion, this is what I'm hearing, and this is what they're telling me. Out of every 10 people I sit with, nine are saying, we're voting for Trump. That's that's just what I hear. They're assuming that he's gonna get to run. They don't really see that there's anybody else that they would want. And again, this is not me talking. I'm just saying this is our client base. And I do hundreds, sometimes over a thousand meetings a year, you know? So, yeah. I mean, I'm seeing these people over and over, and this is what I'm hearing. Like Jake said, I don't, I don't think there's any law that says he can't run. I think that the Republicans probably need to get behind him, and they're going to have to to make it possible. But as far as the market rallying, everybody wants this market to run. All the people, the institutional managers, everybody's tired of kind of sitting around on their hands waiting for the right signals to go back into the market. And we're starting to see some of those. You know, maybe we're done with the rising interest rate. Gulesby said today that. He thinks there's that golden path to a non-recession soft landing for the economy. If that's true and if Jerome sticks to his guns and doesn't raise rates come December, I think the market is going to rally some. One of the things that kind of concerns me next year is, you know, we have comparisons that all these companies' CEOs work against last year's comparatives, right? We've had good earnings For the most part, we've had good earnings even last year. During 2022, there were some companies that missed and they had lackluster guidance, but they have measured up pretty well throughout the year to what they had projected, both top-line revenue and bottom-line profit. But I think that there's some stuff hiding out there as we come to the end of our credit run. You know, the American consumer now has a trillion dollars in credit card debt. We're paying $220 billion a year in interest on that. During the pandemic, people were afraid of inflation that's why i say people ceos and companies they were saying you know what we've got to pad our bottom line we've got to take prices higher than we think we've got to make sure that we have laid away some cash and have it in our pricing as we look forward to where unit sales go down we're still going to be able to have our profit top line and bottom line high and i think some of that air is going to come out maybe second or third quarter next year when they start looking at comparatives with the right president in the right environment I think the market will look
2: past short-term weakness to see, okay, and the CEOs, even of these companies, will look past short-term weakness and say, hey, under President Trump, we think X, Y, and Z is going to happen, and we think things are going to get better. And the market tends to focus on guidance more than it focuses on the current quarter, unless there's just something really egregious. The market is more concerned with the next year than the current quarter. So I think there's, there's room there to even be surprised to the upside there as well. Not because I don't agree with you. I do agree with you, Randy. And I'm not saying that the debt is a non issue because it definitely is an issue. But I think with the right leadership or just different leadership, you know, I think the market and its participants will have a tendency to start looking ahead to the next year, four years, whatever it may be, uh, depending on who the new leader is.
3: Right. No, and I agree with what, with what you're saying, Jake. I am optimistic. But I think there's going to be a little bit of a reckoning day, and I think what will probably salvage that is the fact that we still know that there is tons and tons of cash sitting around either in bank accounts, money markets at banks, Mm -hmm. money market inside advisor portfolios. I mean there's trillions of dollars parked out there. People want to put that money back to work. And right now, what's really got people out of the market is, you know, we had a lot of people that went in because we had record low interest rates for a very long time. Mm -hmm. People couldn't afford to live on a 0.5% CD. So when Mr. Powell starts raising rates, of course, we dump all that money in there and now they're able to get 5%. But when that starts to go away and starts to go the other direction, which it will, people are going to be looking to dump that money back into the market because they're going to have to, to make ends meet.
2: I was going to say an ocean of cash. (laughs) Five or six trillion dollars is probably more like a lake of cash. You know, so know. it's
1: between a pond maybe and Lake Superior, something like that. But anyway, we're talking with Randy and Jake Floyd here, Floyd Financial Group. We're talking about the tide may be turning here towards the end of the year, the beginning of the new year. As you said, a lot of people are sitting on cash out there. They just didn't know what to do with it. 5% is not too bad. But if I'm hearing you correctly, we're in the market for a turnaround here. Would you say that you want to wait until the beginning of next year or is now the time?
2: You know, I'm not sure the market is going to wait until next year to start repricing uh, all this information i also think that you know the holidays are coming i think this may be one of the last hoorahs of spending where people are finally maxing out their credit cards and everything and we could see if we see turnout big on black friday the market's gonna like that a lot and it's gonna it's gonna run its way up probably through christmas and then once we get to christmas then we're in new year we get a new year then we're two weeks from the primary so i mean it really the setup i'm not saying it has to happen there's nothing that's 100 percent, but i'm just simply saying that the setup is certainly there for a pretty big rally over the next two three four months the stage is set we just need the catalyst now
3: one thing i would want to interject here too jeff you know historically if we look back over history if we look back 40 50 even 60 years what we know is that nothing has outperformed the market year in and year out. The only thing that would be close, which is hard to deal with sometimes for retirees, is real estate. Real estate has appreciated a lot. But when we look at bonds, we look at fixed interest rates, we look at precious metals, nothing's outperformed the market in fact you know we can look back we can say over the last 40 years a six percent interest rate gets you eight times your money over the last 40 years roughly gold but it made you uh, six times your money but the market made you 30 times your money where do you want to be we're just in a little bit of one of those cycles right now where we have to recover from a bunch of bad decisions made by a bunch of poor leaders and uh, we're still going to work through it because america is the most resilient economy and force on the earth right now as far as society goes. Yeah,
2: and it's not its not too late to fix some of these problems. A lot of people ask me, you know, is it too late to fix the BRICS problem, the de-dollarization, all those types of things. It's not yet. I think four more years of Biden, it might be too late. So make sure you get out there and vote for somebody other than him because that would be disastrous. It's hard to overstate The importance of this next election.
1: If our listeners are hearing this broadcast and they're saying to themselves, you know, I really like these guys, their values align with mine, and I really want to sit down and talk to them about my particular journey towards retirement. We invite you to call them and sit down with Randy and Jake there at Floyd Financial Group and talk about your individual situation and your path towards retirement. It's really quite evident that they really have their hands on the tiller, that they really understand what's going on. The number to call to get in and sit down with these gentlemen, four one seven eight eight nine seventy-two thirty-three It will not cost you a dime, no cost, no obligation, and no judgment. Once again, that number, 417-889-7233. You can also request your complimentary consultation online at floydfinancialgroup.com. If you're just joining us, this is Show Me the Money with Randy and Jake Floyd. I'm Jeff Shade, and if you want to hear the show again, don't worry. We're also a podcast. Just go to wherever you get your podcast and search for Show Me the Money with Randy and Jake Floyd. You're going to get this show and all of our past shows so that you can stay on top of your wealth and your journey towards a successful return. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, gentlemen, we're going to be talking about sequence of return risk and more when our show continues right here on 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield
0: comes to talk. We're back with your financial catch of the day, and it's a big one. Here's more Show Me the Money Radio with your hosts, Randy Floyd, Jake Floyd, and Jeff Shane.
3: Welcome back, everybody. This is Randy and Jake. You're listening to Show Me the Money, and in this segment, we're going to be talking about, basically, Jeff sequence of returns and what that means.
1: And sequence of returns risk can be thought of sort of as a roller coaster ride for your savings because depending upon the markets, they go up, they can go down. We always use that analogy, Mr. Brown and Mr. Green. So for those people who have not heard our past broadcast, first of all, let's define what sequence of returns risk really is.
3: Sure, so the sequence of returns is before we retire when we're funding our 401k and that sort of thing. What we do is we set up a defined dollar amount or a percentage of our salary to go into the 401k. Of course, we get our match from our employer and we just start socking money away at every week or however often you get paid to every two weeks or monthly, whatever it is, we're depositing money in there, we're depositing money in there and we have a long time horizon ahead of us and we're not spending money out of those accounts. Sequence of returns doesn't really hurt us as much when we're not withdrawing money from our account as it does when we retire and now we are reliant upon taking money out of that account for our monthly or weekly income. So as I am saving money, let's say that uh, I get 10% return for two years, uh, that's positive returns, and then I get a couple years of negative 10, then I get another couple of years of positive 10 or 20. It really doesn't matter what that sequence is I can change all those numbers around using the same numbers I can just put them in any order I still come out with the same amount of money because I'm not spending any money out of my account Mm -hmm. now let's talk about the fact that when I get ready to retire let's say I've saved a million dollars and I want to pull out five percent or fifty thousand dollars out of that account well if I'm pulling out five percent and I have a negative 10 year well, I'm going to be down at least 5%. And then what happens if I have a negative 20 year, like we had in 2008 and 9, a negative 38 year? Right, right. All of a sudden, my principal is way down, and the 5% that I was withdrawing is now maybe 10 or 12% of my portfolio when this happens is crucial so if, if i retire and that happens to me right away i have a bunch of negative returns and i still need my income each month it doesn't matter you know what the market's doing i still got to live i still got to pay my bills every 30 days if i have negative returns early on that's going to really impact how i get to live in the future and how much money i'm going to have to draw upon for the rest of my days versus if i have a really good positive market that i come into when i retire and I'm withdrawing 5% and I get a 15% return in a year, now I have really a net of maybe 10% more money than I started with. And so now if I have a negative down, a negative year or two in there, I'm just getting back to where I started from because I'm still gonna maintain my 5% spending, but I don't get into real trouble there because you know the market is up the majority of the time. It's just that those negative numbers, if we haven't planned for them, if we haven't built in safety valves and safety nets and built the risk allocation properly, we can be devastated early on. And we always tell the story here of Mr. Green and Mr. Brown.
1: Right, Randy. And I'm glad that you mentioned Mr. Brown and Mr. Green because you gave a great explanation there, but it can be a little bit confusing. So let's make that analogy. Mr. Brown and Mr. Green, they retire at the same time with the same amount of money. So describe, if you will, how each of those can be affected by sequence of return risk.
3: Sure. So let's just say that Mr. Brown retires. He's got a million dollars he wants to withdraw that 50000 a year or 5% like I talked about. But early on in the first three years, he has negative returns. So his balance gets pulled down. And even though he gets the good returns later, he can't recover. And basically the way the story plays out there is by the time he's 83, he retired at 65 with a million dollars, drawing 5% per year, 50000 And by the time he's 83, he's out of money mm-hmm. because he caught those negative sequences in the first few years. Mr. Green, on the other hand, Got the luck of the draw and got you know good positive markets early on he had the same million dollars drew out his fifty thousand dollars a year but at age 83 he has 3.2 million dollars so a big swing there between those two we never know what the market's going to do and what our financial forecast is going to be a year two three four five years in but it's crucial that we have some safety valves and we've structured our retirement plan properly so that if we have those really negative years early on, it doesn't damage us to where we cannot recover and build our balance back.
1: Well, we can't affect the market when we retire. We either have to retire during a down market, a good market, or Mm -hmm. somewhere in between. You talked about safety valves. What are some of the safety valves that you put into a plan to avoid ending up like Mr. Brown?
3: Yeah, so you know when we do, when we always sit down with people and we uh, look at their situation, we ask them about their ability to stand risk. We also then look at it from a standpoint of what is their capacity to take risk. And so what I mean by that is. If I have a gentleman that walks in here with, or or a couple that walks in here with $5 million and they need $100,000 to live on, you know, I can be pretty conservative and put them in a position where, you know, we're not going to need to lose any money ever and we can fund their retirement. However, if I have somebody that comes in here and they've got a million dollars and they need $75,000 a year out of there to live on, now I've got a different scenario, right? I've got to be more aggressive but i can't be so aggressive that again if we get in a situation where markets are down for a year or two kind of like right now you know we're looking at 28 months of the market being relatively zero gain over that time that's been up and down and all around right we've had highs and lows really effectively we're at zero gain in 28 months so this is one of those times where if people are spending five percent out of their portfolio And, you know, here we are 28 months, we're almost two and a half years in, So they're sitting here looking at their account balance going, "Okay, you know, we're down about 10 or 12 percent now from where we started. Ouch. What are we going to do? Is this fixable? We know that we're probably like we've talked about earlier about to come out of this really uh, negative cycle and get into where we're going to make some money again. But some of the tools we use, I mean, there's no good or bad tool. It could be stocks. It could be bonds. It could be some uh, limited use of certain annuity contracts that we have out there that work and make sense. There's just any number of asset classes we can use. And we always tell people there's no such thing as a good or a bad asset class necessarily. It's just the timing and where we are in the cycle of the run of those assets because everything cycles and goes up and down, whether it be gold and silver, stock market, bond market, interest rates, real estate, all those things are always subject to what we call market value adjustments. And it's our job here to set up portfolios that withstand all kinds of financial weather. And also for us to tweak those those, uh, portfolios and those allocations, and it's important that we are watching and able to tweak those allocations and and make the changes that are necessary to make sure that our clients don't get damaged as these market you know, valuations are changing all the time.
1: Well, it sounds like that you certainly do have tools to combat the effects of sequence of return risk. And, you know, you talked about risk just a moment ago, risk tolerance, risk capacity. I would imagine that that really strongly plays into your putting together these plans to avoid sequence of return risk.
3: It really does. I mean, because again, just because someone says, well, you know, I can deal with risk. When they come to see us, what they're relying upon us to do, whether they've really thought about it in these terms or not, is they're relying upon us to give them advice and to put them in a position to where they're not going to run out of money. I mean that's what they really want, right? And they wanna make some money. We sit down and, and we look at each client and say, Okay, yes, your tolerance for risk is pretty great based on what you're telling me. It's 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 that maybe it's more aggressive than, than normal. For us, we're looking and then we're saying, Okay, while yes, you may be an aggressive investor you don't have the setup or enough capital maybe to have the capacity to take that much risk. Because when market volatility comes, we don't want to dip too deeply into your principal for you to live. So that's the difference between capacity to take risk and your willingness to take risk.
1: So Randy, give me an example of what a retirement plan would look like to avoid sequence of return risk.
3: Yeah, that's a good question, Jeff. So let's back up a little bit and let's just talk about in general what a good, what we Call a good retirement plan looks like in general and we have to take in all the consideration all the facets that come into play not just your investments we got to look at healthcare. we got to look at the timing of social security We've got to look at cash reserves. We got to look at do you have, and I have this happen sometimes. I state hey, do you have any debt you need to pay off over the next year or two before you retire? Let's focus on getting that done. Do you need a new card? Is there's deferred maintenance on your house that you need to get done before you retire while you've still got good cash flow? All those things come into play as well as what we invest in. So we want people to have a good, well-rounded uh, retirement plan plenty of cash on hand so they don't have to worry about where their next meal is coming from or if they have if the roof leaks or the car breaks, they can get that done. Uh, you know, I had a couple in here the other day. They bought a motor home and they went on a, a six-month trip in their motor home, came back, everything was good. Then they left for another three months and their transmission went out and all Whoa. of a sudden they had a $10,000 bill to oh fix their gosh. transmission. So those are the kind of things that people don't plan on and don't think about, but they happen, right? So as we look at building these plans, just—and I know I'm not speaking specifically about sequence of returns here—but the whole plan is important because it could might, might say also, what about the sequence of events? <laughs> <laughs> that right, can happen to us, you know, <laughs> uh, when we're when we're out traveling or, or right. whatever it is. The things that we don't count on, but we have all the tools in the toolbox. And what our job is really is to do two things: learn about people, understand what makes them tick and what's important to them, help set them up in the best light possible for their social security, their pension if they're lucky enough to have one, put their assets in a place that will reward them commensurate with their risk and their capacity, risk tolerance and their capacity to take risk. And then we like to explain. It to people. Many times we hear people say, Well, you know, I asked this guy about my investments, and really I could tell he was just kind of placating me. He wasn't really telling me anything. You know, Mm -hmm. we hear that a lot. We want to educate people as much as they want to be educated. We don't want to drive them crazy with detail, but we want people to understand why we invest and how we invest and keep them connected to their money. I think that's very important.
1: We're talking with Randy and Jake Floyd Floyd Financial Group. Of course, our program is called Show Me the Money. We've been talking about sequence of return risk. If you have questions and you wonder whether or not you're subject to sequence of return risk, certainly we invite you to get in and sit down with Randy and Jake at Floyd Financial Group and get your complimentary retirement review. Not going to cost you a dime. 417-889-7233 is the number to call. 417-889-7233. Just a casual conversation between you and Randy and Jake to put you on a path towards a prosperous retirement. And as I said, it will not cost you anything whatsoever. You can also request your plan online at Floyd Financial Group. It's floydfinancialgroup.com. Time for a break. and we come back, we'll be talking about that retirement review and what that consists of when our show continues here on
0: 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. People of the Ozarks, step away from the fishing pole and prepared to be shown the money because we're back with more straight talk and honest answers with Randy Floyd, Jake Floyd, and Jeff Shea.
3: Welcome back, everybody. This is Randy and Jake. You're listening to Show Me the Money. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about what does it look like when you come in to sit down with us for your visit?
1: That's right. And every week I tell people that they can call 417-889-7233 and have a casual conversation with you there at Floyd Financial Group about their individual situation and their journey towards retirement. A lot of people wonder, well, what does that look like? Do I have to bring a lot of paperwork with me? they Are going to shine a bright light in my eyes and get me to sign on the dotted line? It couldn't be further from the truth. So let's start off with Randy and Jake about what happens first. It's the discovery process. What's that all about?
3: Yeah, so the discovery process jeff i think is really probably one of the most important things because we need to understand people learn about them and what's important to them figure out what they're wanting to accomplish and you know what they need for their retirement and kind of see where they are in the scheme of that and then also during discovery they need to discover things about us they need to learn how we work how we get paid Mm -hmm. we want to be very transparent with everything that we do here right But we want to be sure that we know and understand them. For some people, retirement is a motorhome and traveling the country. For other people, it's sitting on the back porch, drinking a cup of coffee, watching the grass grow. You know, so it's just a lot different for each person. And we want to meet people right where they are.
1: All right. And as I've said many times, this is a no tie zone as well, too. I mean, really, it's just a friendly conversation for you to discover what people's lifestyle is all about. What should they bring with them in this first meeting?
3: You know, when we we book the meeting, uh, Ashley will always send out a confirmation letter confirming their appointment, and then basically she's also going to put in there a listing of what we would like for people to bring. It's not the be-all, end-all, and they don't have to bring everything on the list, but... If we want, you know, the meeting to be the most productive it can be, we're going to ask them for a few basic documents or and they can even just bring up written down on paper, you know, kind of what their investments are, 401k. Right. If they got a brokerage account, savings, all that sort of thing will be listed on there. Like I said, it's not the be all end all, and it's certainly not something that you have to bring everything on the list or not come. We just want you to come. We want to sit down with you and whatever you bring is fine, but we will
1: provide you with a list. Second step on this is going to be analysis. What's involved with the analysis?
3: Sure. Through the analysis process, as we learn about people and kind of what they have, we want to see how it's invested. By this time, discovered maybe, you know, what their budget's going to be and what their requirements are. And we will look at their portfolio, assess their risk. Uh, One of the things during the discovery process is we kind of, again, look at capacity for risk and their risk tolerance, their ability to accept risk. All that goes into the analysis process, and that really gives us a complete picture of the individual or individuals, you know, that are getting ready to retire.
1: Now, is this a second meeting or is all that in the first meeting?
3: You know, sometimes it's a second meeting many times though discovery and analysis will happen during the first meeting but not always you know it just depends a lot of people when they come in there may be three or four or five years from retirement right. some people say hey I'm retiring next month some come in and say hey, i have retired last month <laughs> you know so <laughs> we we never know quite what we're going to get and we can deal with any of it but for people that are already retired many times they are really ready to kind of get this deal put to bed so they bring everything and and we'll get discovery and analysis done in uh, meeting number one
1: okay so let's move on to meeting Number two, the next step is going to be the planning process. What's that involve?
3: Right. So the planning process, after we have had our first meeting, generally speaking, Jake and I are going to go to the drawing board. We've learned a lot about people. We know a little bit about their assets. We know about their risk tolerance. We know what they're going to probably need budget-wise, all those different things. So from there, we go ahead and we develop some plans to kind of move it to the next level to show them what we would do and why and kind of what they can expect from a retirement plan. Now, this is not one of those things where we go, this is it like it or lump it <laughs> so right. it's not that it's this is an idea this is a concept this is how we would set it up and here's why we would set it up this way not just hey trust me it's, we're gonna say no we want to tell you why we're gonna set it up this way as well. From there, we have a conversation. And yes, things get tweaked and changed and replanned. And mm-hmm. uh, we talk about social security and how that plays into their income and when do they wanna take it if they haven't already started. All of those different things come into play during the planning process. You know, sometimes the second meeting, people will render a decision, but many times they don't. They say, okay, I need to go home and chew on this a little bit, think about it, sleep on it, pray about it, whatever it is they want to do. We want mm-hmm. them to do that. Uh, so the planning process is a very active thing for both us and the client as they are definitely, definitely <laughs> participants in that process.
1: I want to talk about how you explain things to people because you really do a good job with that. You talked about you and Jake going to the drawing board. I mean, you literally do go to the drawing board, don't you?
3: <laughs> yeah, in every one of our, our offices, we have a eight-foot whiteboard oh, wow! <laughs> that, that's a, with a, that we have in, in each office. We really like to use that, and I think people like it because we learn visually, verbally. If we can tie the two together, right, that always helps to drive points home even better. And I just think it really does – well, I don't think. I know it works better, and people have commented to me over the years that – yeah, you know, I like the way that we
1: can see it up there and you explain it. Right. And they can get their cameras out and take a picture of it if they want, take it home with them. We're talking with yep. Randy and Jake Floyd of Floyd Financial Group. We're talking about what happens when you call 417 889 7233 and request your complimentary retirement analysis. And we've talked about discovery, analysis, planning. Let's say that things are going pretty swimmingly here and we want to move forward with this. Next is implementation. How does that work?
3: Yeah. So generally speaking, Jeff, it's one of those things where we're not generally going to ever say, well, Jeff, are you going to do this or not? Yeah, we're just we're just never going to come to that point. What generally happens is after we've been through this whole process, people go, "Okay, what is the next step if we wanted to do this? You know, people generally only retire one time. We generally help several people a week retire. So we kind of know the process pretty well. So during the implementation phase, we do all the paperwork, set everything up. They just have to sign off on a few pieces. We have to maybe call or go out online to transfer 401k plans and things like that to put it into the new investments and that sort of thing. But the good news is we do all the heavy lifting for you during the implementation
1: process. So you set people up with their logins and get them all ready to move to the next step here. And the next step in this process would be the follow-up. So tell me more about that.
3: Yeah, so after we've set everything up and everybody's good to go and we've got they've gotten their logins and all that, we're going to schedule our first review generally at 90 days after that. So what's the purpose of the 90-day review? Well, number one, we want to make sure that they're all settled in and comfortable with everything. Now, obviously, they can call us in between if they have any problems or anything like that. But generally, the first 90 days, you know, it's a good time to get back together. People are are more comfortable. Now we can sit down and we just have good open conversations. We review everything, show them exactly where they're at. That keeps them connected to their retirement and their money, and that's what we want. And then from there, we're generally going to book our next meeting from that meeting, whether it be 90 days or six months, whatever people prefer. We have some people that have been with us for years now that they just see us one time a year, knowing that they can call us anytime if something comes up. They need an extra bit draw. They need to, you know, buy a new car or whatever's coming up. You know, they know they can call us and just get what they need from us that way. But the idea is we want people to stay connected to their retirement and their money. So there's no surprises in the future.
1: Well, it sounds like a pretty easy process for those people who do not have a retirement plan, but let us say that they had a plan from someone else. They come into you and they get a second opinion and they say, wow, your plan is maybe a little better than what I have right now. How do you help people tell the old advisor, thanks for your service, thanks, but no thanks? You
3: know, it works differently. Uh, if you have a 401k, generally speaking there's no personal advisor that people have so that's easy to do it's either a phone call or we go out online and do the transfer electronically if people have been with someone for a very long time and they want some help with kind of breaking up we can help provide them with a letter that basically says, hey, thanks for your service in the past, but, you know, it's a different time for us and we need to make some changes and this is what we're doing. So we can kind of help them with a breakup letter, if you will. For some people, though, they're just like, well, you know, I don't really need to tell him anything. Can we just transfer? And so, yes, we use what's called the ACAT system,
1: which is okay. basically an
3: electronic funds transfer. So whatever people you know want to do, we're more than willing to help them get that done the way they want to.
1: OK, as the kids say, you're sort of ghosty old financial advisor. Or you're ghosting them. If you're interested in getting in and sitting down with Randy Jacob Jake at Floyd Financial Group and taking advantage of this process, it is really quite simple. Again, it's the discovery, the analysis, planning, implementation, and the follow-up. To get yours, call 417-889-7233. Once again, there's no cost, there is no obligation, and certainly there is no judgment. When you call, you're going to get a friendly voice on the other end of the line, more than likely Ashley, who will gather some basic information from you, then set you up with a conversation with Randy or Jake to create a path towards a successful retirement. Once again, no cost, no obligation, and no judgment. 417-889-7233. You can also request your plan online at floydfinancialgroup.com. That's floydfinancialgroup.com. Well, gentlemen, we are out of time for this week. I want to thank you for your time, but most of all, I want to thank our fine listeners here The Last Bastion of Sanity, Springfield, Missouri, for joining us. For Randy and Jake, I'm Jeff Shade. Have a great weekend. We'll talk again next week with another edition of Show Me the Money right here on 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes
0: to talk. The information provided in the preceding program is for educational purposes only and are not intended as investment advice for any individual or entity. All information contained herein believed to be from reliable sources, however, we make no representations as to its completeness or accuracy. The opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and do not constitute financial, legal, or tax advice. Please consult your financial professional before executing any financial strategy. Financial planning offered through Floyd Financial Group, LLC, an investment advisor registered in the state of Missouri.